Storygram Network. Folks, save the date. Trash and Fashion Sonoma is back in April 2023. And this year, the Trash and Fashion Runway Show is on April 22nd, actual Earth Day. Also coming back, Trash and Barbie's Gallery and Auction opening April 13th. And the Trash Bash and Dogs on the Catwalk on April 29th. <laughs> Gerardo laughs, but it is a fun no, experience. No, I, I was here last year. It was really fun. It was really fun taking pictures. It's great. So when you hear this, mark your dates, save those dates. But what's happening right now is applications are open for Trash and Fashion Outfits, as well as Barbie applications and Dogs on the Catwalk which you can find all on our Sonoma Community website, sonomacommunitycenter.org slash trash and fashion or events. You will find it. Get your applications. And I hope everybody's thinking about their outfit now. Hey, you know how much it costs? We're not there yet. Mm. But we do have sponsors. This is a really fun community event. So check out. I'm looking for artists right now. Share the word. Barbies are open to the entire age ranges and the actual trash and fashion show is open to students and adults nine plus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Turn your trash into treasure, folks. Hello, we are the Sonoma Community Center podcast, a place of creativity, connection, and community. We highlight the artists, teachers, and the community that come through the doors of our historic brick building, often called the heart of Sonoma. We share local tips and shout outs to our home, Sonoma Valley. And we are your host, Molly Spencer. Gerardo Diaz. We are the engagement team of the Sonoma Community Center. Hello, hello. This is Molly Spencer over at the Sonoma Community Center. Good morning, Gerardo. Good morning, good morning. This is Gerardo Diaz. How you doing, Molly? Man, it feels like we have not been in this room recording a podcast for ages. I know. It feels like a long time. It feels, it feels good. Um, <laughs> How's your weekend been? Oh, God, let's not talk about that. I fell in a chair yesterday. What? Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I, for some reason we have chairs galore. Just anyway, I was sitting in it in the back and it just fell in half. And what? Anyway, it's another story. <laughs> but you know which chairs I don't like? I, I don't like those uh, birthday party chairs, those plastic ones. Every time I sit in one of those, I feel like that chair is just going to break. Yeah. Well, this I'm is 320 pounds. So, you know, I mean, right. I'm scared. Every time I'm like, should I sit slowly? And I don't move. Once I sit, I'm just still like the whole time. I don't even enjoy myself. I'm just like this. I don't want to make any moves. Yeah. No, this is like a yellow chair from the 1960s because apparently like the last 15 years, I've collected every single yellow chair that's in Sonoma. (laughs) Pull over. It was way cool. But besides that, community center, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. You know, you know, I'm a fly fisherman, right? Yes. Well, the other day I went fly fishing and I never take orders from my like friends. They're always like, oh, bring me some fish. I never bring fish. I always catch and release. And this friend was really nice. I'm like, all right, I'll bring you some fish. Mm-hmm. Well, I go out there. I didn't catch nothing. 
Well, that's what you get for making promises. I know. So I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I'm going to go home. I didn't catch anything. And then all these guys are catching fish. And then I hear, you want to take this fish? And I go, yes, I want to take the fish. I'm like, oh my gosh, people are fishing for my fish. And then I went to my friends. I'm like, here's all the fish that I caught, man. Enjoy, you know, taking credit for other people's fish, man. Boy, you've been walking around with some fish gill all week, huh? (laughs) I feel terrible for that. Yeah. Well, we're sitting here talking and it's kind of weird, but we actually have two people that joined us today. We're super excited. That hello is from Francisco Gilmore. Kilgore. What happened? I've never said that. We can that. be Gilmore Girls if you want. <laughs> <laughs> the Francisco Gilmore Girls. Kilgore, who I'm so excited, is on here, as well as Jessica Butum. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Hi. So happy to be here. I know. Three. This is fantastic. So we are on basically the Sonoma Community Center, and both of you have kind of come through the Sonoma Community Center and been involved for many different reasons. As we're kind of kicking it off, I would love to, Francisco, maybe you can share a little bit. He's like the podcast OG of (laughs) Sonoma, I feel like. (laughs) He has Hello Sonoma and we're so excited. I love that podcast, by the way. You are an amazing interviewer, but kind of starting off, these are things that I couldn't find about you. Were you born in Sonoma? Good questions, Molly. Mm-hmm. First of all, I would push back from the fact that I'm the podcast OG. <laughs> I'm just a guy who made this uh, little radio show called Hello Sonoma because I was not born here in Sonoma, but I was raised here. So yeah. my family moved here when I was two years old. Where were you born? I was born in Tahoe City. Okay. Tahoe. And, uh, or actually Truckee. Tahoe City doesn't oh. have a hospital. Yeah, Truckee. Truckee, beautiful place to there. fly fish over there too. Yeah, get oh, up yeah. there and get some fish for real this time. <laughs> some... <laughs> Thank you. You know how to hurt a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a really interesting background because your mom is from Brazil, right? My mom is from Brazil. My dad is from California. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a good little mix there. Uh, my mom moved here a couple years before I was born and met this guy who who looked like a cowboy. She was like, this is an interesting guy. So uh, kind of exploring last night, I really went down the rabbit hole, Francisco, (laughs) which is exciting because you do that as well with your guests. But was your dad worked on dude ranches? Tell me about it. Yeah, my dad... Gene, right? Yes. What a cowboy name, like a 50s true cowboy name. Yeah, Gene Kilgore. He had this... uh, Dream since he was eight years old, he went to a dude ranch for the first time in Wyoming and just totally fell in love with that world. And of course, in the 50s, this was yeah. the, the time that cowboys and Indians, which, you know, now we can't really do that anymore for a lot of different reasons, but it was the time where that was huge, you know. That sure. was what kids were watching on TV on one of the four channels that was on. So he loved this idea and his first ranch experience was transformative. And later on in life, he decided he wanted to go work on a ranch. And so he worked on several working cattle ranches. Yeah. Fell in love even more and then decided to start writing guidebooks to help other people fall in love with that. That's uh, that it. ranch country. He had an amazing quote that he, something about like being outside. He had found his dream because he could yeah. be outside, you know, with the fresh air and everything. And uh, maybe long for it after <laughs> community center days. So you guys live in a ranch? No, we don't live on a Bummer. ranch. <laughs> I know. That's, that's one of his dreams is to own like a big ranch and to yeah, be able yeah, to go yeah. out there, but... We don't. Too expensive in Sonoma. It's <laughs> to own a ranch. <laughs> but the next best thing is writing guidebooks and going seeing dude ranches all over the world. And is it a thing all over the world? Or is it really just a 
Wild West type of dream? That's a good question. It's a Western Hemisphere type thing mm-hmm. because a lot of the countries, Brazil, Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, Mexico, and then the United States, of course, had this culture of yeah. ranching, estancias, different things like that, fazendas. Then the Mexicans invented the cowboy thing? Los vaqueros. Los vaqueros, Probably. right? Well, actually, I think it came from Spain. Yeah. The Spanish yeah. brought the first the Spanish, cows. I think. The, oh, they actually brought the first cows to Brazil, Gerardo. Ah, Watch okay. Out. Okay. They, dis- okay. they quote unquote discovered Brazil <laughs> in 1505. Brazil versus Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Glad it's not the world. They're pretty. Cut. I know, no, we get beat. No, I don't know. 1505, I think they discovered Brazil and then they brought cows like 10 years later. Okay. And then since then, it's been Cowtown over here. Cowtown. Not really. I got but, the guy you know. looking at it. I think he's searching it right now. Who invented? Takeshi Lewis the is our sound guy, and he's he's a good <laughs> fact checker you. on all Gerardo's <laughs> things that he throws out. We I got need to, like, over every here time I do checking. a podcast, I really need to like research myself because I know Takeshi is gonna look it up and be like, "Call him my BS." You know. <laughs> the thing is, you're usually quite right. Yeah, I know. So, I know. Impressed. Yeah, is that, is, a, is that a nod of approval from Takeshi? Right. He's still looking. Okay. We're still, we're still investigating. So going forward back to you. um, I also see on your website that you amazing photos, like as far as like photography, did you go down that kind of route? Um, That's a good question. Yeah. I had a girlfriend who was really good at photography. And Mm -hmm. so I thought like, Oh, maybe I'll be good at photography too. And uh, I was just trying to kind of imitate what she was doing. Um, but my dad is also a big. You got to give yourself more credit than I that because they're good I photos. Know. Well, my dad is also a really cool photographer. He has a really good eye. He takes pictures of ranch country. He's got some great pictures yeah. like that. And so I've always kind of looked around at the world and tried to see the beauty and everything. And there's a lot of beauty out there, and it helps when yeah. you have a camera to capture it. I like the category. Kind of had it broken down with architecture, people, and then color. And I really like the color one because that's just. <sighs> Visual delight. This is so funny to have you uh, go down the rabbit hole with uh, what's going on in my world. That's true because really, Francisco, I admire you because you have a podcast, but you are also a fantastic interviewer. I know that you will not accept that compliment, but it is true. And one of the gifts that you have there is that you listen and you do find the right questions, but you also make people by the end really feel like they've told their story. Mm Mm-hmm. And how is that for you? Because I know you've been interviewed by like Jean-Claude over... Jean-Charles Boisset. Yeah, Jean- yes, uh-huh. you were on there. That, I watched that whole thing last <laughs> oh night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was quite funny. So anyway, is it interesting to be on the other side it's and kind of talk weird. of yourself? Because I really don't, outside of even seeing those things, know really the true essence of like who you are. You know, I yeah. see you walking down the street and Gerardo and I both agreed. We're like, when you see Francisco, he's just like, it's a nice guy. right? You just see him walking down the street. So is there a mystery? Is I'm there a dark on side? podcast all the time. You guys are just so kind over here. <laughs> so yeah. We try, we try. Where's the dark side? Where's the dark side? I think we all kind of have like, Stuff we're not particularly proud of, but I just try and... Dark side can be fun. doesn't need to be shameful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the idea behind my show is that everyone has a story and every story is interesting if you ask the right questions. And so just kind of like out there looking for stories and trying to see the best in people wherever we go, whether you're talking to someone for five seconds at a coffee shop or you're talking to someone for two hours on a plane ride or a car trip. 
And you took Hello Sonoma last year and you made it global mm-hmm. because you're also involved with Sister Cities of Sonoma, right? Yes. Well, Explain this actually relates very closely to Jessica, too, because yeah. so we have seven sister cities. The first one was in France, but one of the early ones in the 80s was Kanyev in what was then the Soviet Union. And Jessica, when we first heard about the war, when we first heard about the invasion, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, we have this relationship. Has anyone ever been there? And Jessica was like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> you were there with one of the first groups of people. Mm-hmm. Were you there with Aaron Hill? And I that was, group? we were roommates. Wow. We were roommates. We stayed in a pioneer camp. So it was like the summer camp where the kids would go and we wore orange kerchiefs and exercised wow. early in the morning. And yeah, I met Francisco at one of the candlelight vigils, the demonstrations protesting Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And what you were saying, Molly, about Francisco is really true. What you and Gerardo remarked <laughs> upon when you saw him walking down the street. I met him. You asked for money. And <laughs> you were asking yes. to donate. There's your dark side. Okay. That's your dark side. To our sister city, Kanye, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Ukraine. And I said, okay. And we made uh, time to talk more. And when he interviewed me for his podcast, I almost immediately started crying and I don't know how much footage you had or how much time you were recording me for, but I think for a lot of it, I was pretty verklempt because you do really create a safe space for people to bring themselves forward. You do. Well done. And I didn't hear that interview, but I do know kind of of the story because I heard Aaron Hill, you interviewing Aaron about her time there. So that's another one, folks, if you want to go over to Hello Sonoma and go through the archives. You have some great interviews and really interesting stories and people. Well, what was so inspiring about that is you think of Kanyev, just, you know, think of that name. Probably doesn't bring any emotions, any thoughts, any feelings, because we have no connection. But we have the sister city connection. And it's so special when Jessica was talking about how she was received with a group that otherwise did not know anything about Sonoma, did not know about Sonoma's history, about Sonoma's people. And you get there and it's like open arms. You're going into people's families' houses. You're having meals. And it's incredible how this little tiny sliver of a connection can open the doors. It's like your family, which is so special, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. If we learn about each other, we're not as afraid of each other, probably. And we feel like we have a stake in how things go for each other. So, and since then, we've learned so much about Kanyev and now for many people mm-hmm. listening in Sonoma, it's like, oh yeah, Kanyev is our sister city. Like, yeah, we know about that place. And since I asked Jessica for money, we raised a hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. So thanks for the donation, Jessica. <laughs> I do know on the side that they're having a, it'll be too late, but I do know that there's a, a vigil going down on you the know, 24th uh, next week. Oh, oh. Oh, the 24th. Oh, Mike, sorry. Oopsie. Mike Carney could be wrong. transmission. Right. So if you guys want to yeah, like Carney's fundraise. Transmission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's One a race good. for uh, Gerardo's <laughs> car. That'd be perfect yeah. too. We'll have something on the plaza. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Friday night vigil. Transmissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Support transmissions. Awesome. Well, so just a little bit touching. What are some of the other places that you went to last summer? And how was that experience recording yeah, it was a really podcast cool. from afar? It was really cool for a lot of different reasons. First, again, because of those connections. The brief story that I like to tell is about arriving at our sister city in France. Mm -hmm. So I had been for months, I was saying, I'm going to France, I'm going to the sister city. And you know how things are. People are busy. They don't have the connections are kind of, oh, it's been 10 years since we've been there or we're kind of talking or whatever. 
And so, you know, March, April, May, June, I'm like there, I'm in France now. I'm like, okay, kind of nervous. I'm going to go regardless. Yes. But I still don't have a connection there. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I'm supposed to arrive on a Monday. On Friday, I get a text that says, uh, hey, I'm not going to be there from a contact, a contact of a contact who lives there. And he says, I'm not going to be there this week, which is too bad. But this other guy is going to pick you up from the airport. So I was like, what? what? So then on Sunday, I still don't have any information. And someone texts me and says, I'll pick you up from the train station. I was like, okay. So I arrive on Monday in this tiny train station. When I tell you tiny train station, the train station was like a house next to the train. <laughs> and you just walk in and walk off and there's this guy sitting there next to his van. And he goes, Francisco. I say, Henry, Henri. And he goes, yep. And he takes me into this tiny town through these beautiful roads. It's a town of 300 people. And from the beginning, it was so welcoming. They took me out to lunch. They showed me these wine tasting things. They took me on walks. They opened up the town church, which was closed to give me a historical perspective what? on this 700-year-old church or whatever it was. Uh, they introduced me to the mayor. And it was so beautiful to have that connection with, uh, as, as we talked about with Kanyev, that otherwise I would have had, you know, I never would have gone to this little tiny town. Yeah. Um, but going there and being able to meet people was that's a good kickoff. So special. Yeah. And and I found that happened again and again in, in uh, Greven Chianti in Italy and in Tokai in Hungary. The same thing. Everyone was so warm and welcoming and excited to know that I was from Sonoma. Wow. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know because I went to Europe in the early 90s and I had that same feeling, but I'm all, that was a long time ago. So, mm. <laughs> you know, things have sometimes changed in the political environment. Totally. So it's good to know that there's still... A source of welcoming outside of busy lives into small towns of, you know, people get excited. So do you I, tell people you're American when you go to like France and stuff? Like, I'm an American. Yeah. yeah. Like that. I say, hey, what's up? I'm American. <laughs> you take your flag. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the American flag all the time. You do you chest bump when you're <laughs> <right? laughs> It's typical custom from where I'm from. Exactly. But just to say the other sister cities we have, one is Pátzcuaro in Mexico. Then mm -hmm. we have Kanyev in Ukraine. Aswan in Egypt, Penglai in China, and then the three that I mentioned, Chambol Muzini in France, Greven Chianti, Italy, and Tokai in Hungary. How did you get involved with Sister Cities of Sonoma? Because you're involved with many organizations here. Sister Cities of Sonoma, SOS, which is Sonoma Overnight Support, KSBY, and your own thing. So how do you find the time? And it's so incredible that you're involved with all these nonprofits. That's a good question. Well, I'll answer your <laughs> first question, which is how, right? I, how I got involved with Sister Cities. I was kind of at the plaza one day. I don't remember what was going on, but there was, you know how they have that little tiny table sometimes where like a nonprofit is, has something? Oh yeah. We're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like a half size table half and table. one person was there and they had three flyers or something like that. And it said Sonoma it. Sister Cities. And it sparked something in my head because I remember driving into Sonoma. There's a sign that says Sonoma Sister Cities and there's all these city names but I didn't know anything about it. I was like, what are these cities? How close are we actually? I to them? still don't even know what sister city is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So that was my thing. I was like, what's going on here? So I talked to this person and she said, oh, you should talk to this person who then said, oh, you should talk to this person. And I got introduced to Diana Short, who was the president for a little mm -hmm. while of uh, Sonoma Sister Cities. And we had a great conversation about what was going on. And it was so interesting because right before everything happened with kind of Sister Cities Association was kind of, it wasn't as known as it is now. Yeah. But because of this crisis, it highlighted how important it is to yeah. have these relationships with people all around the world. 
Yeah, it was nice to see a highlight on the organization because I've been aware of it for years and they would have these kind of fundraisers and there was one gentleman that always come in. I don't know his name. He was really tall, but, you know, so it was there. But then after last year and really the war, it validated the importance of having that relationship and having an organization for it. So. Absolutely. And to answer Gerardo's question, it's about citizen diplomacy. It's what they call it. So it's just building relationships between actual people from different places okay. so that we can kind of get to know each other better. And, you know, it was founded after the Second World War because it's so much harder to go to war with a place when you have close associations to the people there. You know, if you say Jordan or something or Palestine or something, for most people, you don't think about people. You think about what's happening politically or whatever. But when you say like, no, my friend Aziz is from Palestine, like mm. he lives there, mm-hmm. then it's like a much closer connection and you can have a lot better relationships. It. Yeah. It seems like overall, that's kind of your mission in life. I keep hearing this, you know, making just this closer relationship globally. That that seems like kind of a mission in your podcasting and in your just essence of who you are. <laughs> you know? Am I right? Am I touching base on that? Yeah. Yeah. So these days, besides all of this, what else are you kind of exploring? (laughs) You know, like, do you sleep? (laughs) Do I sleep? Yeah, I do sleep. What? You're a zombie man. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to start a new project, which I'm really excited about. So we have Hello Sonoma, where we interview people Mm -hmm. from Sonoma and beyond to hear their stories. We're maybe starting Hola Sonoma, which is the same thing in Spanish. Gerardo here. Is hopefully going to help me with that. Oh. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. We're yeah. going to interview people. In Spanish. Exactly. In Spanish. That's fantastic. But I think we were thinking about doing it maybe in English too. Yeah. Because I think uh, we want the other audience to hear yeah. their stories too. So I would love that. Know. And just from, you know, me, I keep trying to take Spanish and learn from you, Gerardo. It helps me listening to it all at the same place. It's actually like a learning experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a great um, medicinales class that's down here. Mm-hmm. It's all in Spanish, but I always want to go because I know I can pick up on a few just from like the knowledge you know, of herbs that the, I have. Spanish but, is super easy. I don't know if you guys know it, but Spanish is super easy. I know you guys right thing is mm. not but it is english is super hard because you guys got some words and then like the ph doesn't sound yeah. and you know it's just yeah. like and we say we pronounce it we write it and that's it there's no silence <laughs> ph or whatever you know <laughs> if it's they're, silent they're, take it out i know i know what do you even put it you know <laughs> well i don't think um, we made that up out of nowhere yeah. you can blame was, like uh <laughs> that you can play the vikings exactly yeah exactly yeah. so it's super easy i learned english like watching uh some shows when i was young i yeah. think it was the wayans brothers I didn't know what they were saying. Everybody was laughing. I was laughing, you know, but I picked up <laughs> words and then I heard those words somewhere else and I knew what it meant. So like you mean in living color. I it, think that's what you're talking about. No, right? the Wayans the brothers. Oh, the there Wayans was the brothers. Wayans, Marlon Wayans. And they Aren't did those the guys that the were guys. on in living color. I'm old, huh? To guess you shaking were like his head. The, because there's a lot of Wayans. There's like the pops, the uncles, and then they there's two brothers. Mm-hmm. There was two brothers, the younger ones. Oh, so Takeshi, our yeah, back yeah, checker, yeah, yeah, yeah. is giving Harada. See, Harada's always right. I'm not yeah, even going to try no, to they, debate, they made especially the, out the of movies, memory. The funny movies, Scream. That that was the the guy that said, "What's up?" Oh yeah, Harada's uh, our local cinephile. I he know. likes all yeah. the movies. I watch the movies. Exactly, you know? he always goes. But to um, yeah, so that's how I picked up like English yeah. most of the time. So it was just watching things that I didn't understand, but I was sitting there and learning. You, you guys can do that too, watching Telemundo. Or, yeah, you know, just. Sit there and pick up stuff, man. 
That happened because we have one TV. The football games always go to Spanish. So it's been like six years. So my husband just leaves it on there. It's pretty good. <laughs> I do that. I have like no interest in football. So. Yeah. I had a friend who's like, yeah, I watch Telemundo. I'm like, what time do you watch in Telemundo? He's like, around this. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. That's a cheerleader time. <laughs> I got you. Come on, man. I know what, I know what Telemundo you're watching. What a guy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back over. I know, Francisco, you might have to <laughs> split. split. Oh, it's pretty okay. He's super soon. busy. Okay, how did you find the community center? Were you just walking by? Did what? How? And trip and I met you, roots. I think, like a year and a half ago through Eric Jackson mm-hmm, that used mm-hmm. to work here. And Great yeah. question, Molly. Well, yeah. my roots in the community center go way back. When okay. I first moved here, I went to preschool here in the, what? Uh, in the room next door. I still remember... Oh yeah! Someone knocking over my blocks, and I was very upset. It wasn't like musical kindergarten or anything, was it? I, it was called like, Spock. Spock, yeah. another school here. Another school. Wow, yeah, amazing. Peace, and Spock. peace and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I love it. Then I went to school for a month here in fifth grade, which was an interesting experience upstairs. And then I kind of had a reconnection with the community center during the pandemic. So I left Sonoma mm-hmm. for a long time—not not that long, but like yeah. ten years. Then I came back in December of 2019 thinking like, oh, I'll stay around here for a couple of months and then I'll see what I'm going to do. And there was this little virus that went around, so I <laughs> stayed around. And uh, maybe you remember this, there was a crisis of masks. No one had masks. We couldn't yeah. get them. We weren't allowed to buy them. But the community center was making them. What? We had a mask drive. So immediately we turned on a dime in 2020 in March and the whole community showed up and started sewing masks. So we had hundreds of masks and they would distribute them outside on the back patio. We had a great poster that Kayla created. It looked a lot like these old world war two ration drives. Anyway. Yeah. We had a mass drive. Then we had a ton left over in 2020 when they decided that they weren't good anymore. (laughs) The cloth masks. Yeah. They were like cloth homemade masks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. We would distribute them to several locations, the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Diapers on your face. Well, that was the (laughs) time before they had other ones. That is a great marketing line. (laughs) Diapers for your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then I came back and I thought, because I was working at Sonoma Overnight Support at the time, and we needed masks Mm -hmm. so we could keep serving people. Yeah. And Eric was there and it was such a special moment you know that this is what the community center is for that we have a need we put out the need to the whole community we're all coming together to address it through this simple thing of masks and so since then i've come to find that this place is amazing having great classes great people bringing people together what would you take if you had the time (laughs) or in the future what what would you want to see here what do you want to take and explore like is there certain arts or is there something that you wish to see more of at the community center? For sure. Well, first, I'm really excited about all the, like, all the classes come up and I'm like, dang, I wish I could go do that. <laughs> the printmaking one is really exciting. Yes. I just think that's so fascinating. Making your own, I don't even know how it works. Kelly Autumn really, <laughs> I it know, just like, looks cool. It's true. I didn't really know how that worked as well. And yet the studio, it's a fascinating group. And Kelly Autumn is really our printmaker that kind of makes it accessible to people mm-hmm. starting with either like botanical prints or pasta machine printing, which is coming up soon. It's just yeah. been moved into March. She 
is great. And then in May, they have um, there's a California Printmaker Society, and they also have a free print day in May. So you can come and utilize that. And I do believe they'll be doing that with the youth in March as well up in our gallery mm. to make um, activist posters. That's and cool. How you feel. So it's never closed. There's an open studio as well on Tuesday. So it's never too late to explore the printmaking. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I would like to see here, that, because I think this is such a unique place to mm-hmm. bring people together, to have conversations, to showcase art. I just interviewed someone who her name is Shelley Touchluck. She wrote this book called Witnessing Whiteness, a journey mm-hmm. towards racial awareness and wow. anti-racist activities. And I feel like this is such a good place to have conversations. So whether it be about a book like that, where you have different workshops or, you know, talking about what's going on in Sonoma, this would be a, a great venue. Yeah. Like a safe, you, Jessica talked w- about safe places. Mm-hmm. Don't you I think? would go to that. Yeah. Yeah. To engage and to discuss. Yeah. yeah. Great idea. They, um, they meaning the public and out there, we are <laughs> and oh, yeah, everyone, not the man, you know, but they, really that that does happen. I don't know if it always comes to the highlight, but we have a lot of organizations that come through here and run programs and talks or in meetings and that sort of thing. This is a place for people to be able to rent the rooms yeah. as well. It helps yeah. us out. And it, we have so many different groups that do come through, but we can always have more. So if anyone Let's is interested, just, okay. yeah, I'm exactly. Okay. Well, I would like to jump over a little bit to Jessica over here. Because she's got some amazing stuff coming up in Francisco. I hope you can stick around for a few minutes. But if not, we know you got to split. We're all good. I'm I'm excited to hear about what's going on Uh, in Jessica's life. Before you go, uh, what's for lunch, Francisco? Oh, yeah, I forgot. This is everybody gets the Gerardo question. What's for lunch? Now you're stressing me out, man. It's a a loaded (laughs) question. It really means... What are you eating yeah, these days? Yeah. What do you like days? to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, today for breakfast, I had bread pudding and two slices of bread and butter. Oh, my God. Why did I disaster? even ask this guy? I know. No, I'm just joking. No, but I like, it's a keto know, nightmare over here. I usually just eat like toast with eggs and avocado and all kinds mm. of spices. Do you eat burritos? I do eat burritos. Where is your bread? Don't tell me. I, I hope I don't hear this one. But where is your favorite place to get a burrito? <laughs> my favorite place to get a burrito? I don't know. I haven't gotten burritos in a lot of places recently. The place that I go to is El Coyote. El Coyote, okay, okay. They do good stuff. Yeah. They're so nice. When during the pandemic, we had to order like 150 burritos at once uh-huh. to serve to people for free, and oh, they were nice. the only ones who were like, "Yeah, we'll wake up early. We'll go there. We will make them for you." And so, out of respect, I All right. that's my burrito spot. What's your burrito spot? Mine is uh, Glen Ellen. What's it called? Uh... Is Mexican it the one market. on Madron? Yeah. yeah, the one in Madron. Jesse Rancho. loves that. Uh-huh. Rancho, I think it's called, yeah. the Rancho. Uh-huh. They're good. They do a what mix. kind of burrito? I do a mix between chorizo and asada. You can do a mix? Yeah. Mix the burrito. If you were, what, Jessica, burritos, mm-hmm. tacos? I love all of that. <laughs> and I'm going to try your place. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Try I, it. It's pretty good. Because like it. when Rado's it's good. Paid. Yeah, like if you ever want to have tacos, like tacos, we, I would recommend yeah. Tacos La Costa, which they're in Barking Dog Mondays, and then and at Starling on Tuesday, Wednesdays. And on Friday mornings, they're, they're at the Farmer's Market. The best. Like, I don't eat tacos anymore except from that place. Like, I'll wait for them. That's it. Yeah. Yum. And they should sponsor us because yeah. <laughs> the amount of tacos we get from them, yeah. every yeah. single show we're adding to them. So, yeah, you guys. Definitely should try yeah. that as well. Delicious. All right. So 
Jessica Butum over here, my pal, my friend. Just last night, we're going to launch into your upcoming project. But last night, I had the joy of being in your workshop written by our bones. And it was an amazing turnout. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that workshop was about leading up into your performance and stuff. And we'll kind of work backwards. Okay, yeah, let's do that. It was so lovely to have you there. I am still riding the high of teaching, not leading that workshop. Yeah. So Written by Our Bones is a movement workshop and it was open to people, all bodies and all levels of dance experience. So I'm making this piece that looks at Medusa from her perspective. We'll talk about that soon. That's March 4th and 5th. And I'm inviting everybody into that process in that workshop of taking... Ovid's version of the Medusa myth. There are many versions of Medusa's story, some very ancient. And like we know how Mm -hmm. stories go, they get passed along and they change and they are affected by who is the storyteller. So I'm taking Ovid's version, which is just a very common version written, you know, about 2000 years ago. And so we, (laughs) so we tore up the pages of the story Mm -hmm. and Everybody chose a word that speaks to them. We started with just a noun or a person, place, or thing, an object, right? Yeah. And I led you all through, well, a warm up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll do, do this. Yeah, do you yeah. want to talk a little I, bit about your experience of it? If anyone has ever been in a modern dance or expressive, I guess they really call it that, but this is for everyone. It's the same one when we did that personally with pictures, but putting those words together and Taking you through the process of how you turn a worm, a worm, it could be a worm, um, it could be. a oh, word worms. and using simply using your eyes and your movement and your imagination and your breath and how you translate that into movement. This is like basic, believe it or not, this is the essence of choreography. This is, you see choreography on stage and some of them are steps straight out of like ballet, but really mm. they come out of the choreographer's imagination. You're like, how did they do that? Well, they started somewhere and they started by translating a a word or a a thought. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, a worm. And it was great. We had to work with other people and explore line and movement and space and then be able Mm -hmm. to kind of perform. And even the people that were a little intimidated by Mm -hmm. it really enjoyed it. It's a connecting experience. It was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was really moving. And it's a way in to... Mm -hmm expression. So it's, it's not about like, oh, I need to make a beautiful movement or I need to make a powerful movement. It's really the more we abstracted it. Like if one of the words was hair, because Medusa was known for beautiful hair and then it was turned to snakes. So someone had the word hair. So instead of showing I have hair, you might imagine putting the hair under a microscope or going, entering into the hair follicle. How does your body move if you're moving through a hair follicle? And so someone watching you do that might not they might, they probably won't say, oh, she's moving through a hair follicle right now, isn't she? I got it. But it is expressing something that almost our thinking parts of ourselves couldn't access. And I think that that's- Or or choose not to. Or choose not Mm -hmm. to, exactly. And people were so lovely with each other and there was a lot of laughter and some- Meg had some great moves, our ceramics director. <laughs> it oh, was wonderful. wonderful. It was like an yeah, incantation. It. it was just so wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, this is leading up to your performance. Mm-hmm. 
Venomous coming up on the first weekend of March. And there's a reason that this is here. It will be up, but I can tell you that how long have you been working on Venomous? Because you came here during mm-hmm. the pandemic from San Francisco with your family, That's reached right. out to me and I said, I'm not teaching right now. Take my time, get up to the studio. I think you were literally one of the first people besides staff mm. to be here consistently mm-hmm. at the community center. I will forever be grateful to you, Molly. Excited Molly to see was manifesting. Oh my goodness. I started working on Venomous before the pandemic when I was still living in San Francisco and I was rehearsing at Shaw Anderson in Berkeley. Yeah. And then everything changed. I moved here with my husband and our kids. My mom's still here. And, and Molly was the first person who, who I reached out to, to say, mm-hmm. how do I get into the dance just, just get it. You world just get up of there. Sonoma? What? Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate too. I mean, because there is kind of, it's a small, Mm -hmm. especially it's not your typical ballet or jazz or something that I'm teaching the young kids. This is Mm -hmm. definitely more experimental. And I love that. And I champion that all the way. And thank you for saying that. But how do you focus on the story of Medusa that was so influential and coming to you? I mean, this is what, three or four years later? How do you stick with that focus on this one subject and see it all the way through? Because I would have like thrown in the towel and found a different interest, you know, mm. after a certain amount of time. I feel like there's no end to digging into her story. Okay. And she endures. And I feel that she needs me to tell this story, which really is, I need to tell this story and I'm connecting to something. So I'm not yeah. saying I'm possessed by so, her ghost, but maybe. Yeah, I think uh, right now that yes. you were talking about, you're explaining about the Medusa and stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt like your dance was like sexual. It was like sexy. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. Like I was imagining like the hair, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like the movement were supposed mm-hmm. to be maybe a little bit more sexy. Medusa is like a the beautiful woman back, you know, in that time. So. Mm-hmm. Is it that what it is or? So that is. Interesting. Yeah, That's what we're so destroying. Not to fascinating. <laughs> No, it's so fascinating that you asked that. And that is one piece of it. Okay. So you may have seen there's a sculpture of Perseus holding Medusa's head. He's yes. severed. He's, he's decapitated her. And I think he might have a sword in one hand and he's holding her head. So that's one portrayal of her as monster at, or as like a, a woman who has been sexual and is being like demonized for it. Mm-hmm. And then just a little side note, just another kind of more contemporary portrayal is when Hillary Clinton was running against Trump, there was this meme or a common graphic of Trump. Was it Perseus Whoa. holding? Yeah. Uh, they, they superimposed Hillary Clinton's face yeah. on Medusa's face as the decapitated Yeah, I don't know where that showed up, but I know what you're talking about. And I just watched an amazing special on National Enquirer and the whole, that really ties into how they would, but anyway, tied to to the Trump and Hillary, as well as how a lot of women, how they ended up usually using the National Enquirer as a political motive to silence and actually be... You know, tool for that. It's on HBO Max, I think, and it's a National Enquirer thing. It's really good. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out. So in my show, it's a it's a solo dance theater piece. Okay. It's about an hour long, and I appear as Medusa before she was cursed. I also am just myself, the narrator, just talking with the audience, like I'm talking now. I use video. So 
here are some examples of some scenes. And this addresses what you were bringing up about, like you picture this sort of sensual movement, the snakes writhing, whatever it is. So I show Medusa, she's just found oh, i don't i don't want to do any spoilers but okay yeah. let me just say <laughs> we'll excuse actually um, it might be more intriguing let's look at that okay. perspective you have to yeah, come yeah. and see it with what your is eyes. it going to be yeah. i want you to know that it is it's a very dark topic and it's also a very playful show okay. and i feel like playing and make-believe is a way into the looking at the harshness like a fairy tale for example yeah so there's a scene where she finds or i find an invitation to one of Athena's house party, the temple of Athena. So Mm -hmm. I get ready. I get all like gussied up to go to the house party, like this short fake fur jacket and a little more gold glitz. And I made a deconstructed version. You know, that Robin Thicke song. Oh, the 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 famous party song. Uh Yeah. uh That has, it's (laughs) controversial because it's like talking about like, Oh, are you a good girl? Or, you know, you want it. Anyways, so I know this it's looking, you know, it touches on this you know you issue of it. consent. You know, yeah, with okay. um, okay. yeah, Pharrell. I got a side story yeah. after that. So <laughs> I deconstructed that song a little bit. She goes to the house party and there's like, you know, some cabbage patch, some running man, some fun <laughs> moves. And then it turns a corner because it was at the temple of athena where medusa was ravished i'm doing air quotes for those of you <laughs> listening by poseidon and so if you look up the definition of ravished it could mean overcome with ecstasy or sexually assaulted raped it's just so complex all these different translations different perspectives some people say oh she had sensual relations with poseidon in athena's temple and athena was aghast and cursed her for that. So whether she was cursed for having consensual relations or more likely raped, why was she punished? Her hair was turned to snakes. Anyone she looked at would turn to stone. So like forcefully isolated, she couldn't have any more relationships. And Medusa was young, no? Was like 15 or something? She was, that's my understanding from reading this story, a a maiden, she's described as a maiden. Mm -hmm. And so... I think they were yeah. all maidens back then. Yeah, no, so nobody know. lived like past and, 30. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. in the mythology yeah, world, yeah, yeah. you know. So I do use some little bit of puppet type props, you yeah. will see. And also when Perseus came and cut her head off, her children, they were born from her severed neck. Her children are Pegasus. The winged horse and Chrysaor, the winged boar, is often how Chrysaor is depicted. I know, I just learned it when I was researching this. So um, you'll see Pegasus and Chrysaor in stuffy form. My wonderful mom is sewing wings on this. Thank God for our mom. Boar stuffed animal. Okay, so here's a little circle. So um, Takeshi, is your sister Emiko? Okay. So Takeshi, I did not know that in my mind. So his sister Emiko and I used to make really far out dances together. Yeah, she made her own far out dances, but we collaborated, (laughs) and we made this modern dance version of the Nutcracker that was all about the homeless, the difficulties about being homeless. You know, as much as we could know from. How old uh, were being you? in high school okay. and yeah. yeah and we rented the great hall at vintage house mm-hmm. and my mom did our lights 
which meant that I would look at her and nod and she'd turn them on. And then I'd look at her and nod and she'd turn them off and she's so sweet. You're just sitting by the light switch. Yeah. That's a small just, world. Yeah. I'm knowing that I know. Too. So yes. And I used to perform here in Andrews Hall when I was in high school as well with the, what was then the Sonoma Ballet Conservatory and, yeah. and also with Laura Brannon, our high school dance teacher. Which we, we are did all related with. in that. Too. Yes, I know exactly. And with Molly. And so I feel so grateful that I had access to dancing when I was growing up. I feel like it kept me somewhat out of trouble and it was another safe space for me where I could express myself and just, yeah, not every kid has access to that. I would like for more kids to grow up having access to Absolutely. I want to pop in here dance. and say that I think this is so fascinating because you're talking about Medusa's story that doesn't really get told definitely not from her perspective. Mm-hmm, and exactly. It, and it, I think it accesses something that's maybe unconscious and unknown in the same way through a medium that accesses the unconscious and unknown. You were talking about mm-hmm. dancing through hair follicles. Like what does that movement <laughs> look like? And being able to express yourself in words that you didn't know. So that's kind of cool mm. how those two things blend together, the story and the medium to mm. tell something new. I love that. Thanks, Francisco. Thank you, Jessica, oh. for doing it. <laughs> it's exactly. my pleasure. Well, I'm excited about this because it's still fascinating to think it's from this perspective and how what I like that you take kind of the serious dark matter and you are bringing in kind of this playful element. So when someone thinks about going to see this dance performance, it's, it's open to all, like it's open for interpretation. It's open for connection and venomous will be taking place on March 4th and 5th mm-hmm. in Andrews hall, right here at Sonoma community center. So but welcome back to your stage. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say briefly, you don't need to know Medusa's yeah. story. You can come in cold. I will go through very succinctly the story as part of the show so we can just all get on the same page. Hence and the dance theater part. Exactly. Seeing your performances in San Francisco with the dance mm-hmm. animals and such. Mm-hmm. And I love them all. Thank you, <laughs> sweetheart. Were you born here? I'm going way back in no. the time machine, but just met you through high school, but I had mm-hmm. no knowledge of your young mm-hmm. part of your life. I was born in the East Bay. In Livermore, California, also because there wasn't a hospital where we were living, which might have been Pleasanton or Alamo. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, w- I don't remember. But then I lived in San Francisco as a kid. And then we moved here when I was in third grade, went to Alvarano School. Alvarano. Your kids yeah. are going there now, huh? One of my kids and one at Altamira. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, did you, you grew up as a Sonoma kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I feel like this is my home and yeah, I'm really happy to be back here. So what outside of the world of dance and your Pilates instructor as well, what would you like to see here or explore at the community center? If there was something mm-hmm. outside of dance, anything intriguing to you? Yeah. Printmaking with Francisco. Oh, there's so much. Bye, Francisco. Okay, We're all well, saying goodbye. Sneaking road, out, but. Bye, Francisco. <laughs> Let's talk about getting that anti-racism workshop going here. Yeah, yeah. That's, I really want to, I've been looking for something like that. And so that, and I'm also trying to assess if I have enough time to build an entry for trash and fashion. I really want to make, I've always wanted to make something and uh, we would would love love it. There's enough time. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. You think so? There, well, yeah. there is enough time. Folks out there, I actually was going to do a little mention mm-hmm. about trash and fashion. Whether you, your friends, family members, coworkers, or amateur or professional artists, crafters, sewers, welders, builders, knitters, collectors, hoarders, <laughs> etc. The list goes on. We want to see you turn your trash into trash. And so even hoarders are welcome. In fact, we do need supplies, but it's, 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 it's a really great experience. It's on Earth Day this year. April 22nd mm, nice. is the runway show. And then there's the Trash and Fashion Barbies. I spoke of you that are recycled dolls from Recology. And right now, all entries are due at the end of March. But now is the time to create. And we are going to have an open design studio for the public to attend, which you can sign up now in March, Saturday afternoons. Do mm-hmm. people bring their own supplies to that or you'll there, have stuff I, there? I think a lot use. of people, sometimes people come in cold and they're like, oh, what you got? And they kind of develop their idea from there. We will be having people that bring their own materials in. And then Amanda Alborn, who is a three-time second place winner, like off the charts, also like a recycled jewelry designer is going to be there to help guide anybody that has any questions, you know, especially working with unusual materials. Mm -hmm. So she's there. And then we have a kid's class that's in the morning as well, which is a a little bit more runway focused for the kids and takes you through the whole experience. So yeah, Trash and Fashion, 13 years. I would love to see you in it. The show is quite a special experience Mm -hmm. and and all the above. You're a performer. You know, there's a theatrical part to it Mm -hmm. too. So I think if you're in that performing mode, you kind of have a heads up, but you know, it it doesn't mean like if no one has ever performed, you're not out there like dancing down the wrong way. You got (laughs) Kat Austin who like (laughs) takes you through and and we see people walk in that are just kind of nervous and you know, they're in these unusual, sometimes not very mobile outfits and um, they put a lot of their heart and soul onto it. And now they're going to put it on the runway and Kat takes you to the next level. So if no one has done that, she gives confidence. I see kids and people walk out of there with full confidence after the trash and show and it's fun that it sounds yeah. like a great experience yeah yeah okay so on that note Very appealing well, i know <laughs> after venomous after venomous yes what else is going on in your life kids are good oh my gosh where to start yeah kids are great how They're many wonderful. kids do you have so i have two kids my daughter turns 10 tomorrow wow happy the birthday oldest? And the oldest is 12. Wow. Yeah. And they're just, I, I love that we have room here to climb trees, literally. Yeah. You know, sometimes we open our door and we see deer. That's yes. exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just. And Seth, your husband, what a fantastic guy. Oh Tell me a little gosh. bit more about his background. Oh, we were married here at the community center, that's by the way. That's what I knew. I was going to ask you that. We were like, married here. I, I don't, do I have to oh. verify that? When was that? 2010. Okay. Wow. The country's running away when they say marry. We like, had, <laughs> it's not contagious. <laughs> <laughs> we had a roller skating Cupid. It was awesome. Oh my God. Do you have any, any pictures of that? I will send you some. Oh, put that on the, the community board. The, that 70th show. show yes. The yes. 70th show is still celebrating seven okay. decades and it's upstairs and it's mm-hmm. up till April 30th. So gotcha. I just got actually from Bob Taylor mm-hmm. to bad Takeshi walk down on this one over at Kesby. All these old like 
copies of flyers from the hood house days and his band's playing here but i knew you said that you got married here so my husband i couldn't be making this show without him (laughs) you know he works at the girl in the fig Mm -hmm. so we have one of those schedules where it's like I work in the daytime teaching Pilates, mostly online, but also at Vintage House. Tuesdays at 12 at Vintage House with the resistance bands. I love it. Yes, all are welcome. So he's very supportive. And we met in the dance world. He was working on my friend Erica Chung-Shuk's show. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you know Erica, of course, at Yerba Buena Center in San Francisco. And um, one of the dancers, a friend of mine, Sadly, her shoulder was injured. Mm-hmm. She's better now, but she had to step out of this piece. And so I stepped in. So he was working on the show. Okay. He was on in the tech capacity? team. Okay, he was on tech. the tech team. He And I, yeah, I looked but into his eyes. and really <laughs> interesting background. In... He, oh, I know. I just yeah. want to talk about how much I love him. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> how much After... time you got. So Seth... Should have been he, our Valentine's Day special. <laughs> he should be on your podcast. He wrote a wonderful book, yes. Moses and the Death of Heresy. And so he was raised. That's, oh, that's the creaky door in the background. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the sound of Moses. It's all good. Approaching. Oh, that um, was perfect. I we know, don't even need sound a effects. sound effect for that. So he's an author and a, just a beautiful thinker. His book is all about, it's a great book to read if you feel that mostly looking at Judeo-Christian roots of religion. If you feel that you have been told by those teachings or by someone's version of those teachings that you are not allowed to be the way you are. You are not allowed to be gay or you're not allowed to express your spiritual belief in your way. This is a great book to read. He would be much better at explaining it. So yeah, you yeah, should yeah. have Seth on. Well, I but can clearly I just love see his beautiful heart. your connection here and how this was kind of like venomous was kind of born out of looking at these old myths and turning mm. them around Ooh. in your perspective. I mean, it's nice clear one, that you must, <laughs> <laughs> you guys must have interesting conversations. More than we Jesse do. and I, we're all, uh, good night. <laughs> oh, uh, no. 30. Oh, seriously. <laughs> I, yes. Uh, yes. I, I'm imagining life a little bit more exciting but i know everybody's got the same thing at home you're all oh, oh sure running out the door ah, Can cool. you get milk? <laughs> yeah. i'm sleeping on the couch tonight you're snoring <laughs> yes that's that's all part of life yeah and it is yes i think we'll kind of maybe look at wrapping this up but mm-hmm. actually it'd be really fun to have seth on as mm-hmm. well as yourself and i can't say enough exciting things about it. I do know that Rado might have this usual question he likes to ask people. Well, I got a question that I always ask. You were given an (laughs) elephant. You can't sell it and you can't get rid of it. What will you do with it? Oh, I love elephants. (laughs) I just was talking with my daughter about how much we love elephants, these gentle giants. And oh my gosh. So I would find a way to make space, maybe I would have to find property and build a like a what, sanctuary a fence to make it sure that it's safe. It makes me feel safe. like a terrible person every time I ask this question. People come up with like all these you know cool things, and I go like, "I will cut it up and eat it." Oh Isn't my gosh! Isn't he terrible? Well, it's well, the culinary survivalist we, part uh, of Gerardo. We can't all you know be, be the, the same. Yeah, yeah I. Sorry. I see, you don't need to apologize. I see 
This elephant having a sanctuary and maybe of all of our guests in really good hands with you, Jessica, because there's no doubt it would become a platform for a dance. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dancing on the elephant. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now you're giving me now some ideas. Now we need an elephant. Uh, thank right. you. Now we need elephant. Yeah. yeah, next year. Andrew's Hall. That might have to be an outdoors back patio yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. Secret right? garden. The secret garden. Yeah, yeah. The secret yeah. garden. I know. I always the other one is what's for lunch since i know you uh okay yes what do you like to eat? so I know what you like to eat you look pretty fit so i'm pretty sure you eat like cabbage and i do yeah. <laughs> i do like cabbage <laughs> i've never I been to the salad cabbage. bar at all so i do you know. love veggies well i i do get to exercise a lot teaching pilates yes and i ride my bike here to the community center i know on bike i love it it feels good it's for my mental health too so i eat two breakfasts and I was in a hurry today, so I have half of my breakfast, which is like Francisco, it's eggs and toast, but no avocado, but I have it in a container in my plastic bag. So I didn't come in here into the studio smelling like eggs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would. I like love eggs, it. Too. So yeah. yeah, I have half of my second breakfast and oh my goodness, nuts. Love nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you, now, well, you said no avocado. Is that because you oh. couldn't have a good avocado or you don't like oh, avocado? The oil and just, the avocado? Oh, I love avocado, I but just I didn't have one. Yeah. Oh. Francisco. They're, they're gone Apparently. like by the end of the day. We had three in my house yesterday morning. I come home last night after your workshop. It's just my daughter yeah. that's been there. There's a half avocado left. I'm like, what? The oh. saddest thing is when they have a bunch of avocados at the store and you go and pick them and they're all green. They're all hard. I'm like, yeah. what do they wait. even sell avocados mm -hmm. like this? It's like, well, I, those I, little I ones are like, sorry, Lucky, but your little avocados are always bad. Like they go um, from like hard to, to brown, brown spots. Mm. Yeah. So it's not even worth it to get them. Yeah. But, That's you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Avocados are we the are worst. So fortunate. I always enjoy an avocado with like fish and rice. That's all. Oh, that sounds lovely. That's Just a lunch. bowl of rice with little fish on top and then avocado. Mm -hmm. A little bit of lime on top and salt and that's it. Do you like spicy? I do. Okay. So Gerardo said, but maybe next time. You were going to bring in, what's that delicious dish I actually you did bring it, but it's not prepared though. I mm -hmm. have everything in a bag prepared. All I have to do is put everything together. And what and is it that you're making? It's a ceviche. Uh -huh. I have and a Mexican scallops and shrimp ceviche. It's so, so good. I got everything prepped. All I have to do is mix the, the scallops and the, and the shrimp with the lime juice and let it sit yeah. there for an hour at least. And did you say that your aunt... Brought these scallops. Yeah, yeah, Tell yeah. Tell me a little so, bit about that. So story, the scallops are. Uh, <laughs> we can find them here. They're a big shell. I mean, the scallops are huge. I mean, the shelf. But and then when you cut it open, the scallop is like a quarter size. And then they can't find them here anywhere. So they have to bring them from Mexico. So I usually order like I don't know eight kilos of them. <laughs> so like sixteen pounds. So they bring them all nice and frozen. They're nice and oh man. I just use it for a special occasion. I had the ceviche last time and I don't know. I can't really handle spicy half the time. <laughs> it was super spicy. And I was just eating that stuff left and right at our staff meeting. I wonder if I'll have the same experience today in the chili water, so. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agua chile. Agua chile. Mm -hmm. So you got to try that. Sometime okay. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> yeah, a good commercial for, for our dose. Yeah. Ceviche. What else? I mean, you're like us, a family. If you were going to go out to eat in town, 
<laughs> no questions asked, no money hindering to you where you would go. Where would you go? Would you pick an old school place? Would you pick a newer place to try? Oh my goodness. I, what about you, Harada? I like Both it when my you. mom cooks for me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> such a treat. You know, me, because I cook, it's sometimes really hard to uh, look yeah. for a place because my wife is like, I want to go here. I'm like, I can cook that for you. You always yeah, say that. Like, yeah. I can cook it for you. I was like, why would I want to go pay $25 mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. plate when I know I can make it much better? You know, I'm like, eh. But I wish Happy Dog was here. Oh, oh that's my, that's my place of employment when I was 15 years old. Seriously? I still have my T-shirt. <laughs> happy Dog is the best mm. place. Oh, I you do miss Happy Dog. Back. I do. I do miss it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? Any nostalgia places oh or... that's a good question i don't go out much i know I i'm sorry <laughs> none of us do we're you know, just here at the community well, like, center and on our yeah seth works at the girl in the fig and so sometimes we mm. go there um, clams oh and my gosh yeah that's a special spot yeah the, that's the girl in the spot. fig salad and i have been liking going to sweet peas for croissant sweet peas, sweet peas. that's across the street across from, from the library, the library. Oh, okay. You oh, gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. go early because I think they close around too. But Ooh, and beautiful, I had a BLT there once pastries. and it was delicious. It's like a bakery yeah. there or no? Mm-hmm. Bakery, yeah. but they also make like breakfast sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A BLT is good there. Perfect. That's awesome. I guess we'll kind of wrap it up. And I just want to remind everybody to come out and march for Venomous. March 4th. March so 4th. So Saturday, March 4th at 730. Mm-hmm. Sunday, March 5th at 2 p.m. Excellent. You can buy your tickets online at the community center. Yeah. SonomaCommunityCenter.org. And if you are hearing this too late, because podcasts go down on the future, please check out SonomaCommunityCenter.org. And Jessica Feudum, where can they find you if they're interested in Pilates or future dance projects that you may be having? I know we've talked about a possible mm-hmm. workshop, I would summer workshop, contact workshop. So yes. where can they find you as well? Find me at JessicaFeudumDance.com. Mm-hmm. My name is Feudim is spelled F-U-D-I-M. Yeah. It's a Yiddish name. So got it. Gotta spell it out. And then also you can read about my Pilates offerings at JessicaFeudimPilates.com. Notice a pattern with my websites. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Find me there. All right. Let's wrap it up. Well, let's get out of here. And is this uh, podcast going to come out next week? I believe so. Too right? late. It's yeah. kind of late for our, our <laughs> chili, chili bowl. bowl. Yeah. yeah. But there's always years to come. So if anybody yes. is interested in Chili Bowl 2024, or you're hearing this as we release <laughs> it on a Friday, please join us. This is an annual fundraiser that we have coming up. Um, great ceramics, fun, pick out a bowl, chili donated from everyone. And we will be back in 2024. Or check us out for Trash and Fashion and all the other classes that we have coming up for the springtime. Alrighty then. Well, thank you, Molly. Thank you, Jessica. Thank, thank you. you so much, Gerardo no problem. and Molly. Takeshi. Takashi, thank you. Yay, Takeshi's a man. Right. <laughs> thank My, you, Gerardo. I'll see you, you in the office. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs>